and welcome to Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Join us as our crew of four women Star Trek fans boldly go on our bi-weekly mission to explore our favorite franchise. My name is Sue. Thanks for tuning in. And today I am joined by the entire crew. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to make first contact with you, new <laughs> listeners. <laughs> So why are we releasing an episode on a Thursday? Because today is the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. And just like we did with Mantrap on the 50th anniversary of all of Star Trek last year, we are going to be watching Encounter at Farpoint. The whole thing, parts one and two, and commenting along with it. This is going to be such an encounter. I'm not even drunk, guys. (laughs) I'm just here and I'm just special. (laughs) As a quick reminder, we do these every other month, and they are released to our patrons over on Patreon, and if you are a patron of $20 or more a month, you are invited to join us on these watch-alongs. So in keeping... Join us! And in keeping with the TNG anniversary, the September patron watch-along is going to be the Naked Now. So... Uh, like I said, the, the audio of these is available to all of our patrons, and you can join us, or you're invited to join us, uh, if, it's, if you're a patron of $20 or more a month. So, as and, usual... And next month, you could get naked with us. Well, we do it uh, every other month. <laughs> and also, probably won't be naked. <laughs> probably. Hey. Don't make promises you can't keep, Sue. I said probably. <laughs> There's no commitment there. <laughs> I will be naked, but I will be raiding all of your closets because I don't own any feminine clothing to see. <laughs> oh, that episode. Well, as usual, we are going to be watching this together. You will not, however, hear the audio. We're going to start the episode when we say start and comment along. So we encourage you to pop in your Blu-ray or load up Netflix and hit start when we say start and enjoy our ridiculousness. <laughs> I'm excited. I do want to say something because everybody that recently on Twitter, there have been all of these people posting images of the articles they found about the announcement of the next generation and how outraged the fans are and how nothing would ever be the same and how they're ruining the franchise and everything just, is ruined forever. Right? It, it just, it, it seems so, I don't know, full circle that we're watching the premiere of the show that would ruin the franchise right before we're about to, or really right after, we just saw <laughs> the premiere of the next show that's going to ruin the franchise. So, <laughs> anyway, right, right? Let's, let's get to it. And everybody ready? Yep. yep. Three. Ready. Two, one, play. Oh shit, Netflix is loading on me. (laughs) I'm seeing space. Lots of space. Look, there's planets. There's an Earth. (laughs) There's a, a planet. And a different person saying the opening lines. Well, there goes the franchise. (laughs) Is anyone else getting dizzy from this? Mm. It looks pretty good. They updated this, didn't they, for Netflix? 
I think they remastered it somewhat, yeah. Wouldn't this be a horrible way to discover you're afraid of space? <laughs> yeah. Like the original series, that was cool for you because it didn't look like space. This, ah! <laughs> so how many generations are there going to be? Because I feel like that's what they're implying with this title. Well, we made it to Voyager, and then we keep going back. <laughs> that's funny. We keep... Oh, Marina Sirtis. I'm very excited to see what this Dennis Crosby can do. <laughs> and Lever Burton. I mean, is it worth noting that they kept the where no one has gone before? Which is nice. Mm -hmm. They're like, there's ladies in this future. <laughs> but only three. <laughs> and one will be in a miniskirt. Not necessarily oh. a bad thing. You know, Anovos is selling those lady scants now from season one. Mm -hmm. I'm like really tempted, even though they're the worst at delivering anything they promise. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I want me a scant so that I can wear high boots and give myself crazy perm. I think it's a great idea. Although I think Cosplay Sky has been selling them for a while. <laughs> I think it's cute. I just look terrible in short skirt, so not gonna not gonna do that. I am a fan oh, of man. how they're all available for all genders. Mm -hmm. I support more options for everyone. That remastered ship looks pretty good, I gotta say. Look at that lighting. Yeah. Card looks so badass. Yeah. I think I'm a couple seconds ahead of you guys, but engineering also, looks that, tiny. Is that a wood He's got a wood paneled ready room. Yeah. Everything looks different. I can't imagine that people would have been wary. I would have been wary. If I grew up with TOS, like this is the first one, you know? Mm -hmm. The first one who tried to like by the time Voyager came around, we'd been through this a couple times, but yeah, I mean, later in the series, you would never see Picard come in, like, on the second floor of engineering and go yeah. all the way up to the top. Like, it's weird. Maybe he was taking the scene. I guess so. Do it sometimes. It's just he wanted interesting. To his ship. Like, yeah, you sometimes don't remember how much things changed. Yeah, the guy on the right ends up turning into Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> Puberty hit him like a freight train. He's so cute. I know, like, I was, when I was watching this for the first time, everyone was complaining to me about Will Wheaton. I was like, I think he's so adorable. I'm totally fine with him. And Wesley Crusher. Now that they're telling Data about the word Snoop, they're inevitably going to have to tell him about Snoop Dogg, aren't they? <laughs> That's going to be a really confusing conversation for Data, I'm sure. So is this the only time that uh, Deanna has sensed Q? Hmm. I don't know. Because she gave warning. She's sensing a powerful mind. 
but I don't recall that ever happening before what or later. Anyway. <laughs> hmm. Maybe she blocked it out later. <laughs> she got more powerful. Such effects. Yeah. Much wow. That <laughs> hair. Wow. Denise's frosted tips. Mm -hmm. was, yeah, they're great. That looks like that um that TOS episode. Mm-hmm. It does, doesn't it? When I watched this for the first time, I hadn't seen TOS yet. Oh. I started with <laughs> TNG. I, I hadn't seen any TOS until after I saw TNG, too, so. Which sucks, because the first season, they're making so many TOS references, because they're really banking on... Uh, on fans of the original liking this. So I was really confused when I tried to watch it in order. <laughs> Cute! Ah, I love him. I love him so much. He is the most extra. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know what Q would be a really good at drag? <laughs> he would it be really Look drag? at that sense of drama. Would it be drag, though, if he can probably change his gender at will? Yeah, it's true, but still, you can't tell me that he wouldn't just, like, own. Look at that. That wig is pretty bad, though. That is <laughs> pretty bad wig. It's a look. <laughs> look at the teeny tiny phaser. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like a phaser nano. <laughs> I love that zoom. Dun dun dun. <laughs> he looks super sprayed and though. He really does. He also looks kind of contoured though. I'm telling you. Ah. Yeah, I don't buy anyone as flamboyant as Q just wearing the Starfleet uniform. Like after this appearance, that just doesn't make any sense. Anytime he can serve looks, he's going to serve looks. Exactly. He should be. <laughs> he just wears the Starfleet uniform to annoy Picard. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> Why? Because screw you, Jean-Luc. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> I wonder how many people saw, like, the introduction of him doing all the V and bowing and were like, oh, no, we're going to get this from this entire character, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, they can, were they, okay, I should try and words better. <laughs> were they planning on him being, like, recurring or was he supposed to be a one-off and they just liked know. him and brought him back? I really get the vibe from this first episode that, they wanted him to be recurring. I thought he was supposed to be a one-off, actually. Well, like, they just, they didn't know, but then when they saw him, they're like, oh, we have to have him back. But, I mean, that is still pretty bold to be, to have Picard be, like, your future hero calling your military uniforms costumes that were past. Yeah. 
This is, I don't know what this is. <laughs> what the heck? It looks like he's wearing a trash, like, like those big, huge trash things. Is he, is he doing coke? Could be. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he just did a sniff of yep. coke. Yep. Oh, I, I think it's supposed yep. to be like a World War Three uniform or something, maybe? Like yeah. some bad future dystopian human. Made out of. Padded outfit. Some, some foam and some fabric. Yeah. Oh, God. Hang on. Awful. Hang on, guys. Wacky, scaly uniform and snorting stuff. Do we think that this is like an early proto uh, Jem'Hadar thing? <laughs> I was thinking it was reminiscent of the Jem'Hadar. It says army on the little, his little thing when they, they get close up. Oh. By the way, I'm surprised that they have that on his chest and not on his, you know, armies. Yeah, you know, on his sleeveys. <laughs> it's interesting though, because like it definitely seems to try to counter this idea that Starfleet is a military operation. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I think shows Gene Roddenberry's influence on this episode. Which um, because you know what the original script that. Uh, uh, DC Fontana and uh, David Gerald wrote didn't have Q in it. Um, and they actually didn't really like that Gene kind of added that in. But I think, you know, in retrospect, it was turned into a really great character. Denise Krabs, he looks so good. Mm hmm. She looks so good with blonde hair and brown roots. It's not even funny. (laughs) They really started Picard off being pretty grim. Yeah. He's grim. He hates children. He's really, really cranky. But wouldn't it have been great, though, when Data said there was no room for error if he had gone, Error! <laughs> well, in case I wanted Patrick forgot. Stewart started started off incredibly serious as well. <laughs> Not surprising. We've heard multiple accounts of him saying that Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest was pretty much him season one of mm. uh, of TNG. Just be like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I am Shakespearean trained. <laughs> what is this? It's nice though because, like, he's embraced it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, do you think the captain's chairs have a massage function? Oh my god, they should. I really hope they do. I don't know. The slope of these chairs looks really uncomfortable to me. Yeah. That's why they would need a massage function. Like, I look at how Data's basically laying down, and, like, my back would be killing me. He's low-riding that chair. Oh my gosh, Worf's hair gets so much better. 
Everything about Worf gets better. I mean, also everybody's hair gets better, except for Picard's. That's just, <laughs> just established. Every everything. I like everything Denise's gets hair. Better. Her hers is the only hair that I I like. It looks cute. Well, yeah, I agree. Marina's hair really needs I don't know some hot oil treatment or something. But everybody else. It was not. I mean, it was seven. Yeah, it was, I'm just about to say, like it. It was the '80s. I mean, <laughs> that like big, super permed hair was absolutely a thing at that point. It looks like a disco ball. I'm not wrong, right? You are not wrong. No, disco planet. Zoom, 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 zoom in Picard. Enhance. Weird abbreviations. <laughs> Weird abbreviations are part of the future, apparently. They had some really interesting camera angles. I'm not super digging them, to be honest. Yeah, I noticed that in engineering, too. <laughs> we get a pretty good look up to Card's nose, though. Yeah. thing that happens is that the hostile turns into a lizard, abducts Captain Picard, and mates with him. <laughs> good lord. It's really subtle how they've chosen to bring in uh, Worf's Klingon heritage here. Mm. I mean, Star Trek's all about subtlety. Didn't oh, you know that they, was, they they never addressed things directly? It was always really subtle. That's what people <laughs> have been telling me for a while now. <laughs> they've been telling us that that's the thing we just don't get about Star Trek, how subtle it is. <laughs> Oh, look at O'Brien. Wee little baby O'Brien. He's a baby Vulcan. We got some scants there a few seconds ago. I also like Love how some scants. civilians' clothing resembles fancy layered flowing pajamas. And mm -hmm. I'm totally into They that. really are dressed like they're on a space cruise. <laughs> Oh, man, we're going to miss the buffet. <laughs> it was shuffleboard night. Oh, poop torpedoes. <laughs> Deanna just looks like she's going to cry this entire episode. <laughs> The question is, is that Deanna or is that Marina Sirtis? Oh, well. <laughs> you guys, this was so expensive. I'm sure. That's why we never see the saucer section separate ever again. They do it, like, two or three other times. Like I said, never again. <laughs> I mean, just like Voyager Landing. Yep. Even just constructing the, br the Battle Bridge set that did they even use it again in season one? Like maybe once another time, but I guess you want I you want to get all of your costs in the pilot so that that you have to amortize them over the rest of the season. Uh -huh. Like she's oh, wearing yeah, we're totally gonna be in this set all the time. The most eighties headband too. I know. Mm -hmm. 
Wouldn't it be great if it was like chain mail and she could whip it off and throw it? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty badass. It would be very Xena, and I would appreciate that. What a weird shot to like zoom in on Picard staring at the climax. That's what I'm saying. Like the, some of the shot choices are are very interesting. This episode so far has been like twenty percent Picard staring. God, Grimly the ship looks naked without the saucer section. Ugh. Storytelling wise, I've always liked that they had the like the families and the kids and stuff. But let's be real, that is a terrible idea. It's a horrible oh, idea. Sure. Flagship of the Federation, keep your kids on board. It could blow up any day now. Explore new worlds. Bring your family. Die horribly in space. In space, <laughs> but with your family. I think in the novelization of this episode, they address that a little bit, and they make Picard grumpy about that, too. That, like, family shouldn't be on a starship. Well, they yeah, shouldn't! Yeah, terrible idea. <laughs> this is asking for trouble, man. So, but then, like, realistically, how do you manage family policy? Because I know, like, in the actual military, there are, you know... So they try to make people take birth control and that you're not supposed to hopefully get pregnant while you're on duty. But ideally, in like utopian future world, wouldn't we want people, especially if it's not a military organization, to be able to like have kids and not be separated from them for horribly long periods of time? Yeah, but I mean, I imagine that they have like routes. For most yeah. of the ships, right? So they could, like, have people on space stations, mm -hmm. and then the ship goes on a route, and then they come back, and they're with their family. Whereas with Enterprise, it's wandering all over the place. So that's not... Yeah, I feel like the implication is that most ships go on specific missions, and then, like, when they're not on a specific mission, they're back and at home. But their home is, like, a starbase or a planet. And we, it's different for the flagship, where they just, like, go from thing to thing. Yeah. Can we appreciate how the lighting on this set is super original series? Just like the blue and the red backlighting that we got on that, sh on that bridge. There are a lot of things that are very interesting about why, the way that they've done this. I mean, I feel like the whole first season... I think a word for it. I feel like the whole first season is super original series, though. Oh, yeah. That's uh, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just... You know, the lighting doesn't change that much in season one, either. Like, if you look at episodes like um, Heart of Glory, you have that, like, the same dark look in the Enterprise. You guys, how accurate is this? Mid-21st century post-atomic horror. Uh-oh. <laughs> On our way. Yeah. There are a lot of things that Star Trek didn't get right when they were trying to predict the future, but um, I'm really hoping they were wrong about some other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can hope. <gasps> what is that weapon? It's 
It looks like a very big, chunky mitten. It's a weaponized foam finger. <laughs> Is that what Miley Cyrus had? <laughs> okay, but what is with the weird stereotypy Asian dudes there? With yeah, like I know so too. Stashes and stuff like that was weird. Because apparently, okay, this is a look. It. Okay, like come on, that is, is head to toe. Look. Come on, that that actually. I like how you can see the track shake though. <laughs> Andy got so excited, her mic cut out. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Your mic had a conniption along with you. It's a look. <laughs> but yeah, with the stereotypical Asian guy, what, there's always a weird consensus that when culture dies out, stereotypes will live somehow. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, because everyone else is just in sort of these weird, like, cross between kind of, like, Renaissance peasant clothing and just, like, random dirty clothing. But then there's, like, well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're an evil Asian stereotype. Uh-huh. Did they just kind of raid the costume closet at Paramount to see what they could random up? Because that's what I'm seeing here. He's just going <laughs> to... He does the drugs right before dying so he can go out blazing. <laughs> and the crowd is loving it. This is just a very weird episode. <laughs> Yeah, I really wish they'd kept Q's judge outfit, though. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my God. Troy's skirt is so short. Yeah. an interesting decision by the new United Nations. <sighs> How united are they, though? Because I'm really questioning that. Again, we get a very, very subtle intro to Yar's backstory through her rant here. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how, uh, that's how Star Trek is, you know? Too subtle for our little minds to comprehend.
I do love that, uh, that just back piece of the set behind all of them. It's very neat looking. One thing I'm enjoying right now about our recording process is that I'm hearing some kind of feedback in the background that sounds like a babbling crowd, which is great because, you know, courtroom scene. <laughs> Those giving... gloves, though. <laughs> it might be the super loud people in my hallway. I don't know. It's adding something to the, the effect for me because it's like the, the crowd is still objecting to everything they're seeing. <laughs> Okay, so when Tasha was covered in ice crystals, was it just me or did she look like one of those grow a crystal sets? <laughs> Not just you. There's a grow a yar set you can get. I would say yes. <sighs> what weird choices yeah, for there a premiere. <laughs> there are many weird choices being made here. I like that there's a woman in the angry crowd, white woman with dreads. Like really terrible, gross dreads. Uh, that's unfortunate. Well, that's, that's how we know civilization has fallen apart. <laughs> this is what, like some sort of Kindle iPad. It looks more like one of the stone tablets from the Flintstones. <laughs> I didn't realize how long it was before you actually get to meet, like, the other half of the crew that we haven't met yet. Yeah, this is a very slow episode. It's paced very strangely. Everything is strange about this thing. Wow, that really is a very short skirt. Right? That's why she's got her hands in her lap. Do we even get to Far Point before part two? Yeah, I think so. I don't even remember anymore. Just barely. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this show is so very strange. <laughs> but this whole like idea of putting humanity on trial thing uh -huh. is very cool. It's just... It's very Star Trek, isn't it? Yeah, and it works later on quite mm -hmm. well. Which is not so much maybe in the premiere. For one thing, I would rather, instead of they take on like a really high-concept sci-fi thing, I feel like in the pilot, you should be focusing on introducing your characters. Mm -hmm. You'd think that would be the priority. Think. I think they do a better job of that with the characters who are on Farpoint Station. Yeah. Yeah.
But I mean, they're definitely trying to show with all of this, again, the how far humanity has come. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it still feels like they're doing a whole lot of telling and not that much showing. Exactly. They are definitely more telling than showing. With the matching Fu Manchus. Uh-huh. It's a really weird bell. That's the weirdest bell we've seen since that... Amok time. Amok time, yeah. That's a gong, isn't it? Maybe that's part of the franchise that we haven't appreciated yet. The weird bells. (laughs) We should do an episode. Weird bells. Top weird bells of Star Trek. O'Brien's just sitting there like, what happened? The fuck? <laughs> he doesn't look rattled at all. <laughs> He's but so funny. You're an enlisted really- guy. That's what you do. You just do your job. He is just <laughs> tired already. Everybody's just giving each other meaningful looks. Dun, dun, dun. But at what point do so many meaningful looks just lose meaning? (laughs) That's one of the really big themes of this comic. Oh my. Riker! Oh god, beardless Riker. Mm-hmm. God, he's an affront to my eyes. <laughs> I'd rather look at the guy who looks like he is a uh, you know, reject character from The Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that bananas are a universal thing from that fruit bowl. Well, it is a Federation outpost. I mean, like, Federation lets them have it. Federation bananas. They're a delicacy, clearly. A Federation delicacy. (laughs) At this point early on in the show, everyone's just got crazy sculpted chins. Like, I'm mostly thinking of Picard and Riker, but they, Mm. but seriously... Look at that thing. It's like the Grand Canyon. (laughs) That guy definitely flat irons his hair. Mm. With (laughs) an actual iron, though. That's why it's so frayed. 
<laughs> also, like, Groppler Zorn at Grey Name. Not really a super believable name, but <laughs> great. Groppler Zorn sounds like a fake name you would hear in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh. Yep. You can just tell he's a douche right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And it's not even because he's screaming at the air. He's screaming at his office. <laughs> Yay! It's the Crushers. Yay! You'd expect them to be way more badass with that name, though. Well, this is where Riker tries to hit on her. Well, who wouldn't try and hit on Beverly? Let's be real, real. <laughs> so terrible. She's <laughs> not having any of it. Oh. I think it's funny that Will Wheaton like throws his mom at Riker. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't you want Riker to be your cool stepdad? Not Beardless Riker! <laughs> Beardless Riker is just... I, I'm, I can't even... I'm just... Ugh. We're at the point where we didn't know Beardful Riker was even an option. Yeah, but I, I do now. Like, I can't forget. I just want to point out that we never see this fabric again, but instead we basically see a curtain wrapped around her waist in season seven. I also like how the fabric completely changed color. Mm-hmm. Will Wheaton is as weirded out as This is are. where Riker realizes that she knows the captain. <laughs> Best. And then it got creepy. (laughs) Way to make it awkward, Wes. I think it was Riker's smile that made it awkward. God damn it, Riker. See you on board, Wesley. (laughs) No. I can't wait until we have an episode where I can teach you about puberty. Uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 and we totally miss Jordy with his super cool sunglasses. Laser eyes, that's what I used to call them. Laser eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Enterprise has its tongue sticking out. Hmm. I also like... Riker's like, shot number two. (laughs) <laughs> what I'm appreciating right now is 
that if Yar and Riker did end up together, they would have that Gwyneth and Brad Pitt matching hairdo thing going on. <laughs> you know? Look at it. Yeah. And if Riker got frosted tips and no beard. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. That's an alternate timeline I want to see. Man, they really made Picard cold. Yeah. And they keep lighting him very, like, lots of dark shadows and Mm -hmm. reds. And they kind of make it look like he's a noir detective in the seedy part of town. I also want to be the Enterprise video editor that gets to make <laughs> recaps for the officers that missed out. Right. <laughs> Guys, you're not going to believe what just happened today. The bridge has some great camera angles. This video camera is everywhere. But do you think that there is a guy who like has to give a summary to the night crew of what happened that day who just starts every summary with, oh my god, you guys are not going to believe this. <laughs> they could have just had someone say, uh, you've been brief, Mr. Riker? Yes. And move yeah. on. It wouldn't have even been in a previously on at this point. They're like constantly trying to update us on what we've already seen every five minutes. In case we lose interest, I guess. Well, there is some super weird pacing, so. (laughs) Yes. Riker is so absurdly tall. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, it's free. What? It looks so dumb without the saucer. It really does. Hey, it looks like it's sticking its tongue out. <laughs> looks like a duck or something. It's it's stupid that Picard makes him do this. There's a lot of stupid going on here. Like, if he messed up and they all died, what would Picard do? Fire him? Like, at that point? <laughs> it's just... He'd find a way. Super out of character for the character we get to know. Yeah. That's the thing. So when you go back and watch this, it's like, what? The question is, was this supposed to be what was going to be in character? Yeah. I don't know. And, like, he's not even the one doing it. He's just the one giving commands. Oh my goodness, there are children screaming outside. I don't understand. I'm glad that's not your cats. No.
Oh, oh my. I just realized something about Riker's neck. I just don't understand, like, this is so boring. Why? Okay, Why so is this something that we have to watch? I don't bear care. with me. It reminds me of when we did the watch along of the 37s, and you're like, wow, Voyager lands. Yeah. Bear with me here, though. Riker's Adam's apple looks like it's supposed to go into where that big old chunk of his chin isn't. Oh my god. <laughs> Just why is O'Brien smirking? Like what? That's O'Brien's personality at this point, don't you know? <laughs> It's just, it's a, it's weird. It's very weird. Look at how fancy and expensive and good at special effects we are. Yeah. I'd prefer, you know, stories. <laughs> if the show had stayed this smug, I probably wouldn't have been a fan. Oh, man. Picard's teapot, it looks kind of like a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rocket pot. Why does it have a target symbol on it? Don't give away the secrets. He's read the secret? <laughs> <sighs> oh my god, that would be that would be if Star Trek was still on, that would be an episode. Picard discovering the secret. <laughs> Not understanding it at all though. And here's where we establish that Riker is the Kirk of this series. <laughs> well. Like, I couldn't tell by his jawline and how weirdly <laughs> tall he is. I'm a man, sir. I mean, me manly. So I just found out that in DC Fontana's first story, Outline Groppler Zorn was named Elzever. <laughs> Sure. Yep. Yeah, okay. Or Elzevir, maybe. I don't know how you say that. I believe that's oh, see, here's Spanish. the family it's thing. It's, it is. He's right. That's ludicrous. Well, I mean... Sir, I think you're being yeah. a weirdo, sir. <laughs> Make me look nice to people. <laughs> Riker, how do you get cool? <laughs> I love the whole montage of him teaching him how to dance and how to pick up chicks. How to send, send emojis on his pad. <laughs> well, you guys, look, it's more exposition dialogue. Oh, joy. They're not uh. about the visor. And Riker's totally just like, oh, yeah, all the cool kids are, are using, you know, they're talking about food on their uh, emojis. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That eggplant. Exactly. And it's like, commander. Commander. It's always weirded me out that you can hear Jordy's visor clip onto his temples. Like, 
Yeah. That's kind of weird. Is there a sound effect that you would suggest? None. Just maybe, give him a... <laughs> maybe like a mechanical... <laughs> maybe it makes a honking noise when it goes on. It also definitely looks way more headband than in this episode than it does in like season seven. He definitely got some hardware upgrades. For sure. Oh, yay. It's past the torch time, you guys. <laughs> the first time I saw this, I had no idea who McCoy was. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't either. So I was just like, okay, this is weird. I mean, like, I totally get why this is a scene with Data, right? Because they've totally set him that. up as the Spock and McCoy's grumpy and everybody knows him, right? And they want to make the Vulcan jokes, but like, I also love his sparkly grandpa sweater, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess like Crusher isn't on board yet to meet with McCoy, but I feel like it would have made a lot more sense if it were the Doctor. But well, whatever. Oh, McCoy, still super spacist. Yep. Better spacist than racist. I mean, spacist is just space racist. Yeah. Hmm. Look at his pants. Look at his giant bell-bottomed pants. That That is a cool dude, man. (laughs) (laughs) He never gave up on those pants. He's worn the same pants this, all these years. This plus his sweater is the coolest Rick uh, is the coolest look he's rocked since Disco McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Disco McCoy. Disco <laughs> I mean, this still kind of is Disco McCoy. It's just a different kind of Disco McCoy. I think the <laughs> elbow pads are pretty undisco. Oh <laughs> my so god! Though. Are they chainmail? Ugh. I like how Data has to walk at an awkward pace to keep up with him. Oh, right. The British guy is French. (laughs) What is Worf going to do? Shoot the view screen? Yes. I just... They make early Worf a very... Not smart. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Riker's furrowed brow. He even furrows his brow like a man. How is his brow more furrowed than than all of Worf's forehead? (laughs) How? I ask you. It really is interesting to see like the early versions of these characters because the ones that we know and become like love so much are just very different. Oh, absolutely. There's an evolution to it. Thank God.
I'm just very, like, there are just some very odd writing choices in here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They focus so much on stuff that, like, for me would not, I would not care. You guys, we just met Livingston. <laughs> Livingston! Hey. Give him his own ship. I, I will forever be disappointed that he doesn't do the C.J. Craig thing and have, like, a little decoration in the fishbowl for the plot of every episode. Look at his face. Whose face? Riker's? It's ridiculous. Like, yes, he's the EXO. You're telling me he did not know she was on this ship? Please. He just wasn't ready for this hotness. They don't do this whole like telepathy thing very often. No. Do we ever see that again? I don't think we ever see it again, but it is in the book Imzadi. I think there are episodes where, like in Haven, they sort of do it, don't they? Where her arranged marriage guy comes. I know they talk, but there's also like a part where they're on the holodeck and they're sort of like feeling into each other. Oh, yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> so weird. This must be really uncomfortable for Picard right now while they're having their psychic conversation to just be kind of standing there like, are, are you He's gonna, always the third are wheel. You, are you going <laughs> to actually say anything? Or Am I interrupting? It's really hard for me to tell. Should I leave? <laughs> Seriously, should I, should I leave? Is this uncomfortable? Guys, I'm the captain. Don't leave me out. <sighs> I have nothing to hide, of course. Uh, that means you have something to hide, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's not suspicious yeah, that's- at all. <laughs> that's kind of an admission of guilt. The the thing that I think find so the most funny about the um early uh Troy I sense things is she always senses things that are super obvious. Yeah. Like this dude is obviously shady. I did not need powers to know that. I sense that the audience is bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really strange. I'm funny. Makes me laugh. Hmm. Oh, she's crying. She does look gorgeous crying. <laughs> Wonder if that's how she had to do an audition. Just look pretty and cry. I would not be at all surprised. This guy also looks like he's like Billy Campbell's uncle or something. <laughs> 
this is my backstory I've created for him is that he's Billy Campbell's uncle who always wanted to make it as an actor and tried out for the Princess Bride but lost out. <laughs> you mean Billy Crystal? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, who is it? Well, I, I'm, I'm having the great mental image of a combo between Billy Crystal and Bruce Campbell, and that sounds amazing. <laughs> that works too. That sounds like sass showbiz man incarnate. Yes. Oh my god, her hair. <laughs> Great. Look, a Vulcan! To be fair, Shelby has the same hair like three seasons later. I wonder if it's just the same wig dyed. <laughs> yeah, I think we could do a Who Wore It Better. Oh, absolutely. I also like that <laughs> she, she totally checks it out. <laughs> Wouldn't you? He's so <laughs> tall and he's wearing spandex. And from behind, you can't see he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And that's the most important part, obviously. So the next huge innovation on the new show, the holodeck. Ooh, I wonder ah. if that'll be important. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I what they really do with it. I love that it's like clearly green screen. Yeah. That's pretty meta. I just really don't understand this episode. Like, it's like a weird, like, a bunch of disconnected scenes uh -huh. or a mix of, like, exposition and, well, here's the exposition where we're going to find out more about data, but we can also use it to explain the holodeck. I think that there um, there was actually an issue around the length of the script that they didn't know whether they were going to get an hour or an hour and a half or two hours for the episode. So DC Fontana script, they told her to write like a 90 minute episode, but then they gave them two hours and then Gene Roddenberry wrote the cue part around it. Uh. Um, awkward. I don't, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the cue part's definitely more interesting, but it's still really long. <laughs> I'm just kind of, like, rocking in my seat, like, <laughs> like are we going to go somewhere? What's going to happen? <laughs> this is I looked up your record, scenes. so your rank is honorary. No, let me recite to you my record. Like, zero sense. I like that he has to kind of be, um, it fucking excuse you. <laughs> I really don't like that camera angle. I really uh, don't like the idea that Riker just was able to wander into the holodeck while someone was in there. Well, I think you can, like, set 
barriers if you don't want someone to come in. I mean, it's just kind of rude. How would you know, Data? How would you know? I feel like Riker at least has the best, like, the character has the best handle on the general, I don't know, just his general character is the the closest to what it ends up being from everyone yeah. else. I would agree. Yeah. They had a pretty and good Data. Idea. Yeah. They had a pretty good idea what they wanted Data to be like from the get-go, it feels like. But, like, Yar is very, like, I have never gotten a good handle on Yar mm-hmm. and her characterization. Uh-huh. What are those pants? Oh. <laughs> My gosh. He is the nerdiest kid. It is so cute. Look at him fall. <laughs> it shouldn't be so funny, but it is. <laughs> oh god, what if he hit that rock? He looks so creepy. <laughs> oh god. Yes, child, it is I who holds you now. <laughs> Fear my robot strength. <laughs> and the problem that everybody cites with the holodeck, Wesley remains soaking wet. It's episode one, guys. Episode one. Maybe Wesley was very frightened and just (laughs) (laughs) normal amount of teenage boys. What? Look at that sweater. Wesley's sweaters are a gift to humanity. (laughs) Gates's hair is very auburn. Also, not real. Yeah. It's that's sitting atop her head quite interestingly. Well, like in real life, I'm pretty sure at this point her hair was super duper long. And they decided that that super duper long hair made her look too young. So they made her wear wigs. So all of that hair is up under a short wig. Okay. For reasons. Choices. Because, you know, updos aren't a thing. Especially not in Star Trek. I do appreciate, I know we already said it, but I really do appreciate that we're seeing both men and women in both pants and the scant. Yeah, I appreciate like, how much this mall area looks like a mall in the 80s. That too. <laughs> but like it's it's clearly indicating that the uniform is now a choice mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. And I wish those had stuck around. I know that yeah. like the male scant has become somewhat of a joke, but I really wish that both of them had stuck around. Yeah, absolutely. And then we almost get like Pulaski's tunic that she wears in season 2. It has the long sleeves, but it's almost like she's wearing the scant with pants, which I also really like. Like, I dig her uniform a lot.
What is that? What? What? What is that on his head? It's a scarf that someone's nan knitted. <laughs> she wanted to be on TV, but they said, "Grandma, you can't be on TV." So put my scarf on TV. <laughs> Okay, we're just going to wrap it up around this guy's head then. No, I want you to be able to see the fringe. The <laughs> only way you can explain that scarf. It just looked like she was at, was in pain and grabbed her boob. I don't know. There's some stuff to like in this episode. The set design is quite nice in a lot of ways. There's some neat stuff going on, but it's just spaced out between so much talking. Not very many people can cry like that. Sometimes I kind of wish they had based Troy a little bit more on Marina Sirtis herself, and she could have been, like, super, super sassy. Mm -hmm. That would have been pretty great. You don't and really, you really don't realize what a great actress she is until you actually see her talking as Marina Sirtis. Can you imagine her, though, like, instead of, like, I sense that he might not be entirely truthful, she'd be sent, she'd, like, stand up, point in his face and go, bullshit! <laughs> Wrong! I don't believe you. Liar. I can just hey, you brought this dummy in here. <laughs> you guys, these two are totally in love with each other. Are they? I'm just I saying. Just saying. Totally in love with each other. Well, I do agree. Why else would, would this be so stiff and weird and obviously rehearsed? And he's so uncomfortable. It's a, amazing. I thought he was just channeling the audience. <laughs> Guys, is this episode still going? Oh my gosh, there's still 27 minutes left. Uh, <laughs> gotta love Grace's primal rage. <laughs> you guys, I watched Star Trek Motion Picture last night. Oh and my god, like on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Aaron. Uh, and I was like, we didn't make it through because we fell asleep. <laughs> I was really close to feeling like this was slightly better and now that I hear there's 27 minutes left I'm like you guys it's like when we were watching Nemesis and I was like how much is left and Sue's like an hour and I'm like you're lying <laughs> that is a lie <laughs> I'm I'm basically just keep spacing out and thinking about what it would be like to give Riker a like a shoulder rub through that uniform <laughs> I don't know why it's just well, apparently they're all wearing muscle suits underneath, yeah. so difficult. Horribly embarrassing. More yeah, weird horrible. camera decisions. Suddenly it's steady cam judgment time. I have to say though that a sweater looks super comfortable. Like you could like wear it while drinking hot chocolate 
and it when it's snowing. Yeah. It's just, you know, hideous. I will say, though, that Wesley Crusher is the second worst dressed teenager in Star Trek because Jake Sisko rocks some of the ugliest shit I've ever mm. seen in my life. So there's each, that. Each Eb gets to follow up on a close third behind Wesley. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Hi, Lena. They're all members of the same Sweater of the Month club. It just automatically replicates in your quarters once a month. Yep. The thing that I never understood about Wesley's sweaters is he wore the same ones over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And that was, like, really confusing to me. I was like, why doesn't he have more than three sweaters? His mom made them for him, and she'd be offended if he didn't wear them repeatedly. It was definitely not an unlimited budget. Mm-hmm. I also think that's the thing about comfy sweaters. Like, you want to just wear them all the time because they're so warm. Yeah. Oh, it's a flying saucer. <sighs> this is taking a very long time. Yeah, that is true. <sighs> this guy That's still is shady already. as hell. Is he talking into a Walkman? Such a creep. Any telepath powers to know that that dude was a creep. Not in the fun radio headway either. Is this, is it the rest of this episode just going to be us sighing every couple minutes? I think it might be. <laughs> we'll try and make it more interesting. At least it's not Nemesis. Yeah, we can always remember. 80% of the time we can say, well, we're not watching Nemesis. Except yeah. for that time we did watch Nemesis. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Mm-hmm. We've got this great shot here of everyone just looking at each other in turns. <laughs> that has happened like three times already. <laughs> yeah. just... Very classic soap opera technique. Out of uh, uh, Jerry, come here. I need some cuddles. Come here, Jerry. You know what this episode needs? A musical number. <laughs> also an ending. <laughs> 22 minutes, Grace. I don't know Poor what Worf. Happen. Worf gets like zero to do in this episode. He does a lot of like this 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 is happening. He's like and now this goper. more stuff is happening. And He's then so also trying to shoot a 
projection of Q's face. He's being Klingon. He's the Worf Friday. <laughs> My Worf Friday? Yes. <laughs> Just does what's needed. It's like in between, he's getting coffee, making every sh sure everyone's morale's up. He's taking dictation. Did you know that there were actually 12 different guys before the, th uh, the last Friday? <laughs> Friday the 13th was just hella unlucky. <sighs> How much training do you think every actor has before a Star Trek series of being able to pretend like you're in something that's shaking? <laughs> do they have a crash course in shaking? It would be a smart thing to do, let's be a real. crash course in shaking, huh? But um, shh. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> also, it looks like they're in a burning Pueblo town now. Uh, other fun facts. The um, Bandai were originally called the Anoi, the A-N-N-O-I. <laughs> I'm sure that could not have possibly been misinterpreted in any, any way. Nope. It's a little on the nose, let's <laughs> say that. <laughs> this set is just being demolished, sir. How much longer now, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> the old Bandai City is... 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, is the Bandai City full of Japanese video games? Oh my goodness. But <laughs> in Comedy. Don't you dare get in on my shtick. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> Yay, Q's back. Yeah, oh at least God. we can say that Q is not boring. Q is the opposite of boring. Another sculpted chin mm -hmm. brought out by the neck piece on his outfit. What does Picard think's gonna happen? He's gonna yell at Q, and Q's gonna be like, oh my bad, and leave? He thinks that Q is going to rightfully respect his authority as a member of Starfleet. <laughs> he thinks wrong. <sighs> I would not mind cosplaying that. <laughs> we all just yawn and sink. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Gravy. <laughs> Poor Worf. Poor dumb Worf. <laughs> Poor Worf. <sighs> Why is also Jordy just like looking over his shoulder? 
Jerry's just like, hey, there's some shit going on here. <laughs> you seen this? You seen this, guys? There's, there's a whole thing going on here. Oh, so dusty. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to clean that up. <clears throat> I love how Data is just flat on his back. Are you undamaged? <laughs> what an android thing to say. Yeah. Yeah, Data's still like the best part of this episode. Yeah. Well, Data and Q, I guess, but even the Q stuff drags a little. <laughs> okay, so how how would you fix this? Uh Well, for one thing, I would speed the whole thing up by like 20%. There's definitely some parts that could be cut. A lot of that first courtroom scene can go. Yeah. I think that they should get rid rid of one of the plots. Yeah, I feel like we're a little overplotted. So maybe make it an hour-long episode that... I mean, I think even if they had shoved both plots into an hour, you could have made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, the McCoy cameo is nice, but put it in a different episode. Put it in episode two. For me, it just feels very disjointed. And the pacing is just a mess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, introduce your characters more interestingly. God. These are yeah, so much characters. of it is them, like, talking to each other about themselves. Which yeah. sucks, because... It can be done. You can make your characters give exposition and not be boring as hell. It can be done. I've seen it. I know it's real. <laughs> yeah, and like um, Michael Piller actually really liked Farpoint, and he used it as one of his inspirations when he was writing Emissary um, to like h- hold back some of the characters, um, like Dax and Bashir, and to have um, Cisco like, have to explain to aliens where humanity's at, but I still feel like that's a way more interesting episode. Not an explanation. To have it come back at a later time? Probably that one. To I just Nagila. <laughs> I just, like, the thing that I would prefer is instead of them telling us, like, write scenes for them to do things that will show them Show us yes. who they are and what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, so instead of Jordy and explaining his visor to Doctor Crusher, have him use it. Right. There really and, is just such a textbook example here of lots of telling and not showing. But there's a lot of explaining to people who should already know things. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dave, like, like Riker. Saying, I read your file, and then getting something blatantly wrong about Data's file. Like, no. That's as close as Riker's going to get to a seal of approval in this episode, isn't he? (laughs) The card going, yeah, that was all right, I guess. I mean, some Uh, of it is definitely like... them again. What? Sorry. Sue's having a moment. It's okay. They're, they're going to snark at each other again, and it's my favorite. Best part of the episode. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can talk over it. I'm just 
watching John, it. John, I'm watching it. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have yelled at Wesley. They're such dorks. I love them. Yell at Wesley. Also, this BS, it's just so... Oh, I'm just going to assume that you don't want to work with me because your husband died under my command, so therefore you have to change ships. No, uh-uh. Rude. Well, Bev shuts it down. A personal tragedy that happened over a decade ago at this point, by the way. Ugh. This is this is them trying to bring in the backstory through a conversation again. I know. It's frustrating. It's boring. And also I'm in love with you. You forgot that part of the line. <laughs> you know what? They should have just they should have just, you know, gotten it on, on that desk. That would have been better. I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> bangity bang. When in doubt, bangity bang. They're already playing it up. And he's already so uncomfortable. Okay, I'm better now. <laughs> oh my gosh, fix Marina's so hair, please. Guys, Picard's head is so shiny. He probably waxes it or something. It's buffed on a regular basis. Probably. Also, what is this harp during the transporter? Is it like a it's soap weird. opera glissando? Like, kind of, yeah. <sighs> More sensing things. No, the Troy sensing things is actually one of my favorite parts of this episode. Just because I think Marina sells it so much. Like, look how she's kind of bringing in that hatred into her expression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like her lip is curling just a bit. Lots of face work going on there. I dig mm -hmm. it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to fix this episode, to be honest. Just shorten it. But, like, two-part episodes don't have to be this boring. No. They can be great. We can best of both worlds. Yeah. Or even, um... Is Emissary the name of DS9? Yeah. 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 That one's not boring. No. No, it's just kind of slow. A lot less slow than this, though. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, you still have the part where Cisco's talking to the prophets, but even just visually, it's a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, than like the courtroom scene because he keeps moving, uh, uh, things, and it's also like tied into his backstory because you start off with like Wolf Three Five Nine. So then the fact that he's like exploring his backstory, whereas this doesn't really actually tell you that much about Picard except for that he's cranky and uh, that he's clearly in love with Dr. Crusher. <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. This entire group just seems really underwhelmed at this guy being tortured. You also just have more interesting and... Um, faster-paced introductions to, like, uh, Kira and Odo and some of the other characters. Yeah. Two scenes you know, of yelling, that's all you need. Uh, so, Joss Whedon, when he wrote Serenity mm-hmm. after Firefly, one of the things he had to do was reintroduce all of the characters, but he couldn't spend, like, a whole lot of time with it because for obvious reasons. So what he ended up doing was doing a really long, not technically a one-shot, but like a really long pan, and he just went through the entire ship and had them, like, doing their An job. Interact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, having a quick interaction and just, like, following Captain Reynolds through the ship to give us a sense of where the ship was, like, where things in the ship were, who all the crew was, what a little snapshot of their personality and what they did, and it was super effective. We don't have a lot of love for Joss Whedon right now, but for that, it worked. It can. Yeah, be I mean, uh, he's a he's a good writer. I mean, <laughs> also right now, Q has such a tight Caesar haircut going on right now. <laughs> it is like so close to his head. It's not super flattering. No. I meant tight in the sense that it's very close to his head, not in the <laughs> I am down with that Caesar. Not like good. Uh, it's not a positive tight. It's just there. Although it looks really wet. Oh, Q, he's so tight wet. Q got out of the shower just a couple of days ago. Very well stuck to his head. And combed forward. Also, it kind of looks like Riker's wearing Guinan's hat with that shot of the thing behind him. Also, the uh, security chief that's like t- is filling in in the background there mm-hmm. has awesome hair. Both of them. Yeah, both, both of them. them. Yeah. This is just a hair raising scene. Riker, <laughs> you convert energy into matter every time you use the transporter. That shouldn't be a big deal. Also, also the replicator. Also the holodeck. Sue's science corner. <laughs> Space jellyfish. Space jellyfish. I kind of wish that the space jellyfish had turned out to be the caretakers. There's actually an awesome Titan novel where they come, run across similar space jellyfish. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. There's, like, a war between different types of space jellyfish. (laughs) Sure. Well, who can argue with that? Hmm. 
you think every time this giant, giant, giant jellyfish comes on on camera that somewhere SpongeBob SquarePants is just going, oh. <laughs> oh. Just that creepily? Oh. <laughs> 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 do you want me to try and do it again in a more voice? <laughs> is that a no? Uh, I do love the space jellyfish. They're not super fast jellyfish, but we'll do. Yeah, generosity is definitely what I think of when I think of Q. <sighs> like, I dig this story. Like, the themes of this story. Another thing that could have possibly complicated it in a good way would be to have met more than one person other than Groppler Zorn. Like, if there were yeah. Bandai who were not so just cool with the status quo, mm -hmm. or more relatable, or just less caricature-y. Outside of the main crew, we don't get a lot of other characters in this episode. We get, like, Q and Grobble Blocker. <laughs> Gribble Block Blark. <laughs> You got the lady that checks out Riker's butt. I like her. Yeah. I think we can all get behind her getting behind his behind. You get the navigator <laughs> that gets frozen at the beginning and is never heard from again, even though he's apparently fine. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of characters in this episode. Except for Grubble Walker. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> hey kids, if you ever want to see a giant jellyfish really slowly ascend. <laughs> you guys, this is, I, I'm pretty sure this, that uh, this is uh, not safe for work. I love that it looks like its little tentacles are really slowly moonwalking <laughs> at all different what? speed. And they're like, uh, okay, we better go get a room. Aww. Aww. Troy's like, I sense. Stuff. Joy. And, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh turn the screen off. Turn the screen off. Where's Wesley? Make sure all of the windows are shuttered. <laughs> oh, wow. That they're holding nothing back. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. At least she doesn't look like she's going to cry. Well, she's sort of like happy crying. Yeah, but I mean, like, she was freaked out crying most of this episode. I really hope that won't be a running theme for her. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess, like, the only good thing you can say about it is that people aren't suddenly like, whoa, let's not listen to her because she's super emotional. Mm hmm. 
least like the response is sort of a positive acceptance of emotional knowledge. Temper, temper. I love the way he calls him Mon Capitan. Hugh, that's French. I'm sorry um, to say this to you, Sue, but I totally ship them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm going to be honest here. More like very sexy. <laughs> I think it was Tapestry that did it for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they have got some good shit going together. Like, uh, the, the number of times where Q just drops out of the sky naked at guard's feet. <laughs> it's just, it hits me right in the feels, man. Oh, let's see what's out there. Let's check some stuff out. Let's hit up the White Castle. Well, that's that was something. <laughs> we survived. Thanks for sticking with us and, and our yawning and counting how much time <laughs> we have left in the episode. <laughs> Uh, we're pros at this, obviously. Yes. I mean, it is no secret that the first season of TNG was a bit of a mess. And thank goodness that TV operated the way it did then, and it's not the way it does now, because we definitely would not have gotten seven years of the show. No. Netflix is like, do you want to watch The Naked Now? I'm like, no. no <laughs> My best for later. ever want to watch it again. <laughs> at least it's only an hour. Yeah, that's fair. 46 minutes. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I know, we're missing out on a full 14 minutes of naked time. <laughs> well, guys, that was a counter <laughs> far point. <laughs> yep. So, happy 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Look how far we have come. It gets a lot better. <laughs> And um, do we want to do our individual sign-offs? Sure. Sure. So let's go around. Grace, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, at BonecrusherJank, and in the ladies' room, perfecting my overly thick Counselor Troy eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> Jara? You can find me beaming naked at, into Captain Picard's ready room. <laughs> on Tumblr at TrekkieFeminist.com. Andy? Uh, yeah, easiest place to find me is on Twitter, at First Time Trek. And I'm Sue. You can find me in the browsing the archives of Alt Star Trek Creative. <laughs> or on Twitter at Spaltor, S-P-A-L-T-O-R. You can email the show at crew at womenatwarp.com. Reach us on Twitter at Women at Warp on Facebook, facebook.com slash women at warp. And of course, Patreon at patreon.com slash women at warp. And if you would like this ridiculousness to continue, by the time this has been published, our uh, Naked Now watch along audio should be up on Patreon for our patrons. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Please don't make us watch this episode again. <laughs>